Hey yo, what's going on world? It's your homeboy Cuffed with the Pussy Anonymous Podcast. Now, as we all know, the trade deadline just passed. The buyout market is popping right now. So what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about the teams that, you know, won in the trade deadline, the buyout market. That's still going on, but I'm going to speak on that a little bit. And I'm going to talk about my two teams that I'm actually rooting for, which are the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers. Man, what the hell he know about basketball? Shit, he don't know a motherfucking thing about basketball. Do you see his Facebook post? That nigga be wildin'. I swear to God, this nigga don't know what the fuck he be talking about. He be on that shit just saying anything. Hey, man, old heads are fucking retarded. Brian the GOAT? This nigga got Brian as the GOAT? <laughs> Yo, what's going on, world? It's your homeboy, Cuffed, with the Pussy Anonymous Podcast. And today, real quick, I'm going to go over the trade deadline moves. You know, at least the ones that I feel like are worth talking about. And a couple more just to fill in some blank time. <laughs> so I'm just going to order by the way I wrote them down. So we had Robin Lopez going to the Kings. They're already a playoff contender. And if anything, to add... Some uh some veteran leadership and another big body. That's a good move. Like I'm not mad at that at all. We got the Indiana Pacers picking up Doug McDermott. And Marcus Morris. Now the Pacers or to some people or maybe to most people might be a little bit of a surprise team. But they got Tyler over there doing his thing. He's just now coming back from injury. He's been coming off the bench for the past few games. If I'm not mistaken, he started the last game or maybe the last two games. And I'm recording this right before the All-Star break, a week before. So, excuse me if I'm a little bit off. But, uh, yeah, they picked up Doug McDermott from the Spurs. He can stretch the floor. And then, you know, same thing Marcus Morris. He can stretch the floor as well. Not as good as Doug McDermott, but he can stretch the floor. Long story short, good pickup. I think that does make them more of a threat in the East. But they're not going anywhere this year. Now moving on to the Spurs is kind of it's kind of funny, but they picked up his twin brother, Markeith Morris. Another one I feel is a good pickup. I'm not sure how much he's gonna play, especially with the resurgence of I want to say his last name is Graham. Oh man, and that does not feel right. Number 22 for the Spurs. He's been getting off, and I feel like him and Wimby has a good little. One two punch, got a good little one two punch, good little chemistry little thing going on, right? So, I'm not sure how much he'll play, but he's over there with the Spurs. Decent pickup, veteran leadership. It can't hurt the team. Then we go to the Milwaukee Bucks. They pick up Patrick Beverly. And that's a decent pickup. You know, he can stress the floor once again. Teams that, um, like, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who have a superstar who's so dominant going to the paint, it never hurts to have players around him that can stress the floor like as many as possible. You know what I mean? Plus, once again, some veteran leadership in their defense is ass. You know what I mean? So, of course, picking up Patrick Beverly, that's a good pickup for the Bucks. I'm not sure if that makes them any more or less of a contender, but it doesn't hurt the team once again. Moving on. The Philadelphia 76ers picked up Cameron Payne. Good point guard. I like Cameron Payne. 
They also picked up Buddy Hill. I'm not sure how much Cam will play, but if he is needed, if he needs to step in and play, he's a guy that can get a job done. He's a good backup point guard. I like the pickup. Doesn't hurt at all. Stretches the floor, good defense, high energy. And you got Buddy Hill, who obviously stretches the floor. And then when you have games where, say, Tyreek Max, he might, might miss a game, or um, Harris might miss a game, or uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. might miss a game. You got a guy like Buddy Hill who can go in there, spot up, and just eat off of other people, or if need be, go out there and get his own bucket and put up 25 shots, whatever it may be as well. So that's a good pickup for the Sixers. And if Joel B gets healthy, I think that pickup, that, that um, getting Cameron Payne and even more Buddy Hill, I feel like that pickup is one that's gonna can actually move the needle some. Like that can really help them go from a contender to even more of a threat. Let's just say that. Moving on, the Phoenix Suns picked up Royce O'Neal. And they picked up David Rowdy. He's from Minnesota, so I'm definitely rooting for him. Shout out to David Rowdy. But starting with Royce O'Neal, they need a little bit more size. He's the biggest guy, but the NBA is pretty small now. They picked him up. That's a good little pickup. I like it. He can stress the floor, high energy. He has good defense. He can rebound good enough. And he got some toughness. Like, that was a really good pickup. It might take away from some of Bo Bo minutes. And I like seeing Bo Bo play. I'm happy he's finally getting a chance to showcase what he can do. But um, for the Suns' sake, that should, hurt. that should help their team. It's a good pickup. And same, they're getting some of the same things with Rowdy. He's a lot shorter, but he's a physical guy. He's tough. He can rebound. He can defend. Put bodies on people. Also a good pickup. They need more defense, so it doesn't hurt the team at all, and it for sure helps the team. <clears throat> Moving on to Dallas Mavericks. They made some good moves. I like they picked up P.J. Washington. And like I said, I'm recording this a few games after these players have played with these teams. Most of these guys have seen the court already, and he's looking like a perfect fit. I wish I could have got this episode out before, so like it's more like I'm foreseeing some shit. But he's looking perfect over there, right along with Daniel Gafford. Those were two pickups that was like perfect for the Dallas Mavericks. And man, like I don't know. The Dallas Mavericks went from a contender to I can now see the Dallas Mavericks winning the whole motherfucking thing. They can win the championship this year. Like for sure. The Dallas Mavericks could win. If healthy, of course. They got Grant Williams about it there. He went to the Hornets. And along with Seth Curry, I'm happy Seth Curry, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm happy Seth Curry is no longer with the fucking, um, the uh, Dallas Mavericks. He's been there a couple times, and I feel like they never use him right. Like, they don't let him do what he does. Like, it's weird as hell. But he's about there. He's playing for the Hornets, and he's wearing his dad's number. At first, I thought he was going to get bought out. But after seeing him with his dad's number on, just all that whole, you know, that whole thing. They're probably going to hold on to him at least for the rest of this year. Would have loved to see him get picked up by the Lakers before they picked up Dinwiddie. And I would have loved to see him come to my uh, Minnesota Timberwolves as well. But back to Grant Williams, him going to the Hornets, that has not moved the needle at all. Have fun over there, I guess, my guy. Moving on. Speaking of Spencer Dinwiddie, that is a really good pickup for the Lakers. Like, he can be your starting point guard. He's 6'5", so... Okay, so you got him, you got D'Lo, you got Gabe Vincent, who hasn't played and might not even ever get to see the court. If he does, who knows how much, especially after his Dinwiddie move, 
and if he comes in and does does what he's expected to do. But yeah, between Austin Reeves, D'Lo, and Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie is the tallest or the second tallest because Reeves might be six six, but I think he's six five, which is the same height as Dinwiddie, and he's the best defender. You know what I'm saying? So like, whether it's D'Lo or Reeves getting picked on, you can now have them out of the game when LeBron's not in there. If neither one's on the court, it doesn't hurt you as much. You now have that guy who can go get his own like Reeves and D'Lo, but can also pass the ball as good as Reeves, I'll say. You know, he might not be as good a passer as D'Lo when D'Lo's on his shit, let's say. But, like, Dinwiddie was a real good pickup for the Lakers, and, yeah, man, hopefully that works out. They still need some more size, so we'll see how that works out. But I must say that if healthy, the Dinwiddie pickup made the Lakers from a play-in team to... I want to say a top six team in the West, but they really got to get healthy, though. Moving on, my boy Dennis Shooter, man, he went to the Nets. He was doing his thing in Toronto, too. Like, I don't see how teams just keep letting him go. He's a good player. I fuck with him. Whether he's just starting point guard, which I'd rather him be the backup, but even if you got to start him, like, it could be a lot fucking worse. You know what I mean? I like him over there with the Nets, though. Um, he got a little bit more flexibility. They don't have a lot of guys who go over there and try even attempt to get their own bucket. Unfortunately for him, Ben Simmons is back, so he's not going to be starting. Even though Ben is, like, in and out, you know what I mean? He's there for two games, gone for three, back for three, gone for two. But, yeah, long story short, I like Dennis Shooter over there with the Nets. And, yeah, they're not a playoff team or nothing. They probably never will be. So, it's not much to say about them other than I like him over there. He'll be able to do his thing over there with Cam and whatever. I already mentioned Daniel Gafford when I spoke on uh, P.J. Washington. So, moving on, we got Bojan and Alec Burke went to the Knicks. Great pickup. Knicks was already, uh, to me, a contender means that you are a top, let's say, four to six team in the league. And I don't want to say the Knicks were already that. Now, after this move, with Randall coming back and everything, I still can't say to y'all. I can't lie. I don't have faith in a team that's led by a guy that's so small or faith in a team that's led by a guy who's so big. So whether it's Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson being your main guy, I just don't see those guys being the type of guys who can lead you to where you're trying to go. If that is the conference finals even. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't see them getting there. But the Knicks, that's a good move for the Knicks. I ain't hating on it. Like Decent. Fucks with it. Moving on, you got Grimes and you got Fournier, Fournier, Fournier going to the Pistons. Fournier to the Pistons, I like that. Um, they need to spread the floor some more. I keep saying about a lot of teams, but like that's the big thing in the NBA, of course. Like floor spacing is a big thing, and yeah, he can spread the floor. Grimes, I don't know if he's even gonna play, so let's stick. Let's uh, let's stick to Evan. <laughs> but Evan Fournier, man, he, he can stretch the floor. The Pistons aren't going anywhere. So we're going to move on from them. The Thunder. Now, this is a pickup worth talking about a little bit. This is actually, in my opinion, a great pickup. Mainly if Gordon Hayward can be healthy for them, which if we had to assume, we're going to say he's not. But if he can at least be healthy throughout the playoffs or the later run, the late run, the later run of the playoffs, towards the late run of the playoffs, let's say, 
because the Thunder have a chance to go a little somewhere, but they're young, so I'm going to assume that there'll be a first, second round exit. I ain't going to lie because they're young. Other than that, yeah, great pickup for the Thunder. I hope he resigns to them. They have so many guys who can handle the ball, run the offense, and also get their own buckets. Like the Thunder, and, they, and they're all like unselfish as hell, too. The most selfish is uh, Alexander, and I mean, he gets his assist, too. So it's like, it's crazy, man. That's a great team. Well, soon to be a great team over there. I love Chet, too. He's doing his thing. Shout out to Chet. Minnesota's own. Moving on, you got Kelly Olenek. He went to the fucking Raptors. I like that pickup. <clears throat> I really do. That's a, that's a good pickup. Like I said, Dennis Schroeder's over there doing his thing. And I see, see the way the Raptors are changing their team up. I see why they let Dennis go. I do get it. Um... If they plan to keep Olenek, the way that Dennis runs the pick and roll doesn't really match with that. And he was kind of the main guy running the pick and roll. You know, Scott, now it's like you get rid of him. Now Scotty Barnes is kind of that main guy. He more of a, is a drive and kick. He can drive and kick that bitch to Olenek. He got that shot, which happened a good amount in uh, the two games I watched with Olenek so far. So, yeah, good pickup for the Raptors. I like that. And I also like RJ Barrett over there. A little more freedom. He being able to, he's a... Uh, Able to do his thing and it's looking nice. So I like that pickup for the Toronto Raptors. Moving on, we got Portis Jun Porter Jr. Uh 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 Otis Porter Jr. to the Jazz. Not sure how much he'll play, but that's a that's a good pickup. Like it's I can't hate on it at all. Moving on, Monty Morris came to the Minnesota Turn Wolves. I love that pickup. He can get his own bucket. He can stretch the floor. He can actually run the offense as well. So if Conley's ever hurt, hey, hey, we got another guy who can run the offense, which, you know, it's, it's becoming a little issue for us to help control the Well, let me not say he can control the game like Conley can because in those late games with us, when we don't have Conley, the offense just doesn't look as together and people are taking bad shots. So we need Conley to be able to run that offense. And with you know, Moore's being illegal a little bit longer. Maybe he can do a better job of it than what Ant does for us when he has to do it. But, yeah, good pickup for the T-Wolves. I like it. And we are, like, ah, I don't want to jinx nothing, man. I feel like we're a fucking title contender. But I just I ain't even want to say it because, like, it's Minnesota, man. Y'all know how this shit go. Football, basketball, baseball, whatever, man. It'd just be tough for us. Like, we're curse happy man. Moving on, Xavier Tillman, he went from the fucking uh, Memphis Grizzlies to the Celtics. That's a good pickup. I'd rather them have just keep their team how it was and pull my boy Jordan Walsh up from the G League. He brings a lot of the same things Tillman does, but he's younger. You know, he's not a vet. They have a similar body, a similar build, but Jordan Walsh is a little more unball. Both hustle, both can rebound, both defend at a high level. But, yeah, I'd rather them have Walsh get pulled up. But Xavier Tillman to the... Boston Celtics is a good pickup. Now, like I said, man, I'm at work, so I just wanted to run through an episode real quick. But like always, it's your homeboy, Cuffed. Thanks for catching these waves. Players ever. He averaged less than 15 points per game, less than 10 rebounds per game. Just off of that, obviously, no. Which means the things that put him 
above it is the fact that he was a nine-time All-Star, a four-time NBA champ, one-time All-NBA second and third team. He averaged over 11 rebounds or more twice in his career. Only two times he averaged 11 or more rebounds. Only two times in his whole career. Like, then you got Dwight Howard. But he got four rings. It was part of a Celtics dynasty. So, you got to put him there. Like, nah, that's not how shit worked to me. We're saying who, what player is better than the other player. Not what player played with the better team, motherfucker. Like, that's not what the question is, right? So, compare that to Dwight Howard, who is a one-time NBA champ, a five-time All-NBA defensive team, eight-time NBA All-Star, three-time defensive player of the year, averaged 18 points, 13 rebounds, and two blocks per game for his career. Let me just put this shit side-by-side. Parrish averaged 14.5 points, nine rebounds, 1.5 blocks. Howard averaged 18 points, 13 rebounds, 2.1 blocks. Off the numbers, there's no question who's the better player. Off of just that right there. Then you got nine all-star selections for Parrish. You got eight all-star selections for Howard. It's about equal. You know what I'm saying? One difference. You got four-time champ with Parrish. You only got one with Howard. So once again, What's the pattern we're seeing so far? We talk to name these people's off, right? You name it, you're noticing that. The common thing is the NBA rings is what's putting people over guys who aren't on the list. And the thing about that that I don't like is the fact that an NBA championship is a team award. If you're not like that main guy or at least the second guy, those NBA championships are less part of the way I'm evaluating you. You know what I'm saying? If you were the main guys on the teams that won the championships, that I would take those into consideration more than if you were a guy called the bench, so forth and so on, right? So you tell me Howard couldn't be on the team over Robert Parrish, couldn't be top 75 over Parrish, like you feel the shit. All you Facebook niggas and all that who been y'all full of shit, man. Be real. Moving on, we got Billy Cunningham. For his career, he averaged twenty-one points, ten rebounds, four assists. He's a one-time NBA champ, four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA. Oh wait, three-time All-NBA. Mm, I got, I got this shit. Uh, I got this shit a little mixed up. I put down two different uh two different people's shit by his name. Let me see what I think. He got 21 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one-time NBA champ, four-time all-star, three-time all-NBA. There we go. Uh even comparing that to, to Dwight Howard. Like Dwight Howard's numbers look in this all career accolades are just as good as him. He got one champ, NBA champ. So does Dwight Howard. So, like, you can replace Robert Parrish or Billy Cunningham with Dwight Howard. You know what I'm saying? Then you got Dave DeBusher. I know who the fuck he was. I ain't gonna lie. 
I had to like some people I had to do more research on than others because like I didn't really know who they was and I didn't want to see them kick them off the list because I didn't know who they was. But yeah, he's one of the ones who almost got kicked off before I did research on him, and uh, he still got kicked off. But Dave DeBusher, sixteen points, eleven rebounds, three assists, two-time NBA champ, one-time All NBA first team, one-time All NBA second team. One-time All-NBA third team, right? Eight-time All-Star. Compared to, once again, Dwight Howard. 18 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks. Like, come on, man. It's a, this shit's almost irritating to keep on going. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's, if y'all don't see already, that it's like, okay. Cuffed. If your point is, there are a few guys on this list who can be replaced by a few guys who play in more current NBA, if that's the point you're trying to make, like, if you don't see that's fact by this point, then you just full of shit, you know what I'm saying? But that's the point I'm trying to make. It's the point I've been trying to make, and I think I made it, but I'm going to go on to the next one who could, who could possibly be taken off. Dane Miller, six-time All-Star, never led the league in scoring, uh, uh, even though he's known as one of the best scoring point guards and all that shit, motherfucker, whatever, cool. But he's, I, I fuck with Dame too. Six-time All-Star, never led his uh, league in scoring, never been into the conference finals, averages 24 points, four rebounds, six and a half assists for his career, and also doesn't have defense like at all, right? So, accomplishments are nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he ain't did nothing. And I fuck with Dame, but he ain't really did nothing. You telling me right now his career is better than Tony Parker. Like, nah. If we going off of rings and shit, right? Okay, cool. Because, what's the name? Uh, uh, Howard's not there because he ain't got enough rings. That's why Robert Parrish is there or Billy Cunningham that who don't got better numbers, but they got more rings. So they there and Howard's not. Cool. So why isn't Tony Parker there over a guy like Dan Leonard? Because Tony Parker has four NBA championships Eight-time NBA All-Star compared to Lillard's no NBA championships, six NBA All-Stars. Um, Tony Parker also was four-time All-NBA. He was a one-time Final MVP. And Steph, Steph, Stephen Curry, who's on the list, has no Finals MVP. But even Tony Parker has one. So he's led a team to a championship. He was the MVP. So, like, he did that. You know what I'm saying? So, how could he not be on the list, but you got Dane Litter on the list? So, regardless of who you like play style-wise, if we're being honest and going off of whatever type of criteria, there's no way that Dane Litter could be there and not Tony Parker. Moving on, I had George Mike uh, in at first, but I took him off and put him on the list because I had to do more research. But once again, I was hating. But, uh... Dolph Shays, who I realized real name is Adolf, but I think because the whole Adolf Hitler shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't want that name or something. So, like, yeah. Uh, Dolph Shays, he was nice. You know what I'm saying? He was good, whatever. But 18 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 12-time All-Star, 15 NBA. He got All-Star game 12 times out of NBA, 15 NBA seasons. He made the playoffs 14 times out of 15 NBA seasons. He was a one-time NBA champ. People knock Gron. They're like, he got four rings. Okay, but he's four and nine. 
Because he's been there nine times he won four. So, like, he can't be a GOAT. He ain't all that good. Eh, whatever. Okay, cool. This dude been in playoffs 14 times. He got one ring. So, no credit gets taken from him. Like, if we're going to use the same criteria for all players, like, so he should lose credit then, right? Because you're in the playoffs over and over and over and over and over, but you ain't getting no rings. LeBron was there over and over and over and over and over. He got four rings. So I think you can replace <laughs> Dolph <laughs> with Dwight Howard if you want to. Now, before I wrap it up, I will admit, um, as I'm naming the guys you can take off, that, uh, oh, shit, there's more. And there's more. Yeah, you know, I'm going to name these last couple ones, man. Because the names is good. They're good players and shit, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Bill Sharman, 18 points, four rebounds, three assists. Eight-time All-Star in 11 years in the NBA. One-time NBA champ, three-time All-NBA first team. He shot in the low 40s in 8 out of 11 seasons. So he played 11 seasons in the league and shot in the low 40s or lower 8 times in the league. So he wasn't a fishing scorer or nothing. Um, he got one ring. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was one of the pioneers or whatever. So he's always going to be on the list. But if he's there, then fuck it. Three-time champ, 19 points per game, four rebounds, three assists. Um... Five-time All-Star, known as one of the best three or four shooters ever to touch a basketball, Clay Thompson. If you got Bill Sharman on there, then why not have Clay Thompson? Or, like I said before, Tracy McGrady. You know what I'm saying? If he's there, then how can they not be there? He only won one ring. Clay Thompson got three. And Clay Thompson is one of the main contributors on the team that he plays with. So if Bill Sharman can be there, how can Clay Thompson? Once again, we got Nate Thurman, seven-time All-Star, 15 points per game, 15 rebounds per game, two blocks per game. Um, his numbers are real similar to, to Dwight Howard, right? Now, as a rookie, he only pulled in seven points per game and 10 rebounds. That's a good rookie season, but it's not nothing. It ain't nothing special. It ain't nothing like, oh, he was out there killing none of that shit. He only averaged 20 points. No, he didn't average 20 points until his fifth year in the league. And he averaged, uh, what, he averaged uh, 18 to 21 rebounds at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like He, he was killing a rebound shit. So he was, he was doing his thing, but he didn't get 20 points until his fifth year in the league. He averaged between 20 and 21 points for five years straight. Then dropped to 17. 13, and then never averaged 10, 10 points again in his whole, in the last like five years of his career. And he also was averaging less than uh, 10 rebounds at the same time. So he fell off, like fell off, fell off. His career, for real, it sounds similar to fucking Dwight Howard. Except Dwight Howard has more accolades. So if Nate Thurman is there, then how the fuck ain't Dwight Howard there? Once again, then we got Wes Unchill, five-time All-Star, two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, one-time All-NBA, first-time, uh, his one-time All-NBA first team, averaged 11 points, 14 rebounds, and half a block. He has seven seasons with less than 10 points a game. Seven out of 13 seasons, he averaged 10, less than 10 points per game. 
like I said, there's other guys who could be on the list if you really look and dig deep into the shit. You know what I mean? Which most ain't gonna do and understand. And I understand. So I don't knock you, but if you're gonna talk about it, you might wanna do a little research before you talk to me. Last but not least, Lenny Wilkins, 16 points per game, almost seven rebounds. I mean, almost seven assists, almost five rebounds. 15 seasons, nine All Star games. Um, he's an All Star game MVP one time. He's a coach of the year. You don't hear no rings or nothing. None of that shit. How is he top 75? I don't get it. Because if rings put you over the, you know what I mean? Why can't T Mac be on the list if Lenny Wilkins is there? My my last, my ending conclusion is I feel like the NBA is waiting because some of these guys are still pretty young, like T-Mac and shit, like the way Howard is still playing and shit like that. They're probably going to replace these guys that I'm naming, you know, the majority of them, uh, if not all of them, on the uh, 100-year anniversary. Um, I'm going to keep all my, my uh, I'm going to have an episode on YouTube and shit, so, you know what I mean? So, Twitch, all that shit like that. So, I'm going to keep my shit in the... We're going to see how accurate I am in 25 years. <laughs> Whenever the next little little list come out, which I think it is 25 years. But uh, for everybody that tuned in, man, like, sub, subscribe on Twitch. You've been here the whole time. I appreciate you watching, whoever you are. You're right on the chat, but I fuck with you. Um, Yeah, man. Once again, it's your homeboy Cuff. It's a Brain Separate Podcast. We out this bitch.